Good morning, happy people. This is Rose McConnell, and you're listening to episode five of the Fit Institute podcast. Today's episode is why your student loan probably won't be forgiven. I want to go back and say a little bit about overview of, of student loans. When I started this process of looking into student loans, I really started it from a position of genuine curiosity. Was there something here that I didn't understand that that meant that these things weren't as awful as they seemed to me on the surface? I simply couldn't understand why it made sense for people to start out in their 20s with a negative net worth. This is a time in your life that you have your lowest skills and you have your most energy and where by virtue of compound interest your savings at this time are your most valuable savings that you will have in your life and it didn't make sense to me so I thought well there must be something that I don't understand about this that perhaps it does make sense for people to go to college and get into debt perhaps it does make sense to go on to graduate school even if that means debt I have to say that as I've looked into it the less sense it makes it is a complete disaster. It is an unmitigated disaster from stem to stern, from beginning to end. There's no upside to it. And today I'm going to talk about public service loan forgiveness. And I think it's really important to touch on these because so many young people have the idea that they simply will not have to repay their debt. There's no reason to believe this is so. I can assure you your creditors think that they will be repaid and the people who have bought the bonds that are secured by the loans that you have made, expect those bonds to be paid. People expect to be paid. It's going to be very difficult for you if you've gone into debt with the, uh, with the belief that you're not going to have to repay this money because your loan will be forgiven. Let's talk first about loan forgiveness program known as the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program because this is one that I find that a lot of people think they will benefit from. And there are lots of professions that do receive, in theory, the benefit of the public service loan program. For instance, if you teach in a low-income school for five years following receiving your certification, then you may have up to $5,000 of a direct student loan forgiven, provided that you have made payments the previous five years on time and in full, then you can have a portion of your loan forgiven. Bear in mind that's only a portion. Of course, it's by no means all of your loan, but it is $5,000 worth of loan forgiveness that is available to teachers. There are other loan forgiveness programs that benefit doctors and lawyers and nurses under certain conditions. If they engage in certain professions, there are loan forgiveness programs that benefit federal employees, which to me is the most bizarre thing in the world because federal employees are some of the best paid people in America. They're already living on, at the taxpayer's expense. They have a pension and they have health care. Why should these people have their loans forgiven? I mean, that from a public policy standpoint, that makes zero sense. The reason that they have their loans forgiven is because they live in Washington with your congressman. They know each other. That's why they have their loans forgiven. There's no other explanation for it. 
you know, they, they take care of their own. So that's one of the crazy, crazy aspects of it. I can hardly express the level of insanity that goes on in the loan forgiveness program. But let's just look at an example drawn from Richard Fossey's 2017 book, The Student Loan Catastrophe, Postcards from the Rubble. He talks about the public service loan forgiveness program for lawyers who work in certain arenas, perhaps doing public defender work. So if you're a lawyer and you're going to incur a hundred to $200,000 worth of debt going through law school. Not necessarily debt, but it may well be debt. It's, that's what it's going to cost to go through law school. And you're going to be graduating into an environment where there are many, many, many more lawyers than there are law jobs. In fact, there was a scandal that came out about, I don't know, five or six years ago where name brand universities, very, very well-established law schools, were buying jobs for their graduates. With And these jobs were in nonprofits, but they had legal titles so that they could say that their graduates had a certain employment rate. And so the law school would buy them a job paying $15 an hour. Now imagine that you've got a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Now you have a job working in a nonprofit where you're paid fifteen dollars an hour so that your law school can tell other people that you have a law job. Well, this all scandal all broke when the law schools tried to renegotiate the deal and cut people back to ten dollars an hour. So there was a big hullabaloo about this. My point being is there's a lot more lawyers than there are legal jobs. Americans don't need more people with law degrees. And Richard Fossey talks about this, and he talks about a man who goes to law school, and then he gets a job working in a public defender. And after 10 years, his $100,000 of law school debt is going to be forgiven. As I say, it makes no sense why the American taxpayer should be subsidizing anyone to go to law school in an environment where we already have more lawyers than we have jobs for lawyers. That's the good outcome, though. This man actually did get a job. He did actually work as a lawyer, and he did actually personally to get out of debt again because his debt was, in fact, forgiven at the end of 10 years. There's no particular societal benefit from that, but he personally did not incur a real hardship as a result of it. But think about this, because as Fossey later points out in his book, if you look in California, in... 2016, there was only a 43% pass rate for the California bar. That means of the 7,737 people who took the bar exam, only 3,332 passed it. And you can't practice law if you haven't passed the bar. All of those people, the vast majority of them, 57% of those people have a debt comparable to the man who was going to have his loan forgiven under a public service loan forgiveness program, but they can't practice law because you have to pass the bar in order to practice law in virtually all states. So they have an equal amount of debt as this man. This man, the debt is accruing interest, probably at a relatively high rate because they've got private and, and direct loans. They can't practice their profession, so their loan will not be forgiven. And Undoubtedly, that since they can't practice the profession of being a lawyer, they're not earning enough income to keep their loan current. So the interest is compounding on a high amount of debt, 
and they are going deeper in debt, and they began a program with the idea that they would benefit from a public service loan forgiveness program, but they can't meet the criteria. And this is the majority of people, not just a few people or a handful of people. It's the majority of people. Perhaps you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not planning on going on to graduate school. I'm not going to be taking on that much debt. I only want to use the public service loan forgiveness program for my undergraduate debt. You really need to understand the terms of these programs. Not all loans can benefit from the public service loan forgiveness program. It's very complex and you need to understand the nature of the loan that you're taking out. If you take out what is called a direct subsidized or unsubsidized loan and you work in the proper type of profession and you repay your loan in accordance with it would have to be an approved income-based repayment plan for a 10-year period then you may have your loan forgiven and I'm going to emphasize this word may because there was a huge scandal in 2017 when Sally May which is a private lender, not a public lender. Sally Mae is a private lender, but they're the largest private lender in the United States, announced that they had never agreed to participate in the public service loan forgiveness program. Many people had loans from Sally Mae, and they had letters from the Department of Education saying that their loans would be forgiven after 10 years. And they'd worked in the public service sector, and they made the payments that were required under their loan terms. And in 2017, Sally Mae said, we never agreed to participate in that program. And as I'm making this podcast today, that's where the matters stand. All of these people who relied on that forgiveness program, who believed that their loans would be forgiven at the end of 10 years, have found that in fact their loans have grown due to compounded interest and that they won't be forgiven. So that is a huge, huge issue. You can't know today, you really cannot know today whether or not your loan would be forgiven. And in fact, the Department of Education has said it's not going to make any prospective rulings on that, that you have to enter into these agreements, enter into an income-based repayment plan. And the reason you have to enter into an income-based repayment plan is if you paid your loan in accordance with the terms, then it would be repaid in 10 years. So you have to pay less than is due on your loan for a period of 10 years. You cannot miss any payments. You must be making payments on the right type of loan. You must be making them to the proper loan servicer because not all loan servicers service public service loan forgiveness programs. And how you know that, I don't know. People, again, have been paying the wrong servicer. They have made all of their payments. They have the letter from the DOE. And yet, at the end of the term, They have been told that their payments weren't qualified payment or that their employer wasn't a qualified employer or that their loan wasn't a qualified loan. It's impossible for me to tell you here today or for anyone who is being honest with you to tell you that your loan will be forgiven by a public service loan forgiveness program. Undoubtedly, some are. As I pointed out with the lawyer at the beginning of the episode, his loans were forgiven. But you just, you cannot know. 
So do not have that as a plan to say, well, my loans will be forgiven under a public forgiveness program because you simply cannot know if that is so. Sometimes when I'm talking about this stuff, I feel like a lifeguard at a beach with a riptide. And it's a beautiful sunny day and everybody's, and everybody's running into the surf and they don't notice that people are drowning offshore, that they're being pulled underneath and that they are drowning. And I'm standing on the shore screaming at people, don't go in the water, don't go in the water, while everybody is pouring past me and heading for, for the water. That's the way I feel. I can't believe that people are putting their whole financial future in such peril. Their whole lives, this money matters so much. You will see as you go forward in your life, this experience matters so much. And they're running headlong into the surf without regard to all those people out there who've already drowned. And you can see the bodies floating in the water from the shore. The information is there that people are in debt. They are suffering. They're not stupider than you. They're not lazier than you. It, for a perhaps the majority of people, these loans are structured in a way, their income is such that they cannot repay these loans. Now, many, many people can, and I applaud them, and I think people who can pay their debts ought to pay their debts and I think people ought to strive to pay their debts and work hard. I'm not saying, oh, we'll just walk away from it and forget about it. I am saying, don't expect this to be easy. Don't expect this to be forgiven. Don't expect that you won't have to repay that. Those things simply aren't true. This has been episode five of the podcast from the Fit Institute. Today's episode is entitled, It's Why Your Loan Probably Won't Be Forgiven. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe to our email list at www.fit.institute. Tell your friends about it if you feel like that you have learned anything here that is valuable to you. Please check out our show notes page. I always try to add some bonus content on the show notes page. I look forward to speaking to you again next next Monday when the new episode comes out. Episodes are dropped on Mondays and Thursday of every week. And next week, we're going to be talking about income-based repayment plans and what are the challenges of income-based repayment plans and why they don't really work either. I have to say that if you haven't picked up on the theme yet, there's not going to be an upside to the student loans. I'm not going, there's never going to be the episode where I'm going to say, well, they're all bad except this right here is really good. And if you just do this, you're going to be fine. If that's the episode you're waiting for, then you're waiting in vain because that episode will not be coming out. I will talk about the least bad option. I think I have already talked about the least bad option which is the direct subsidized loan that you take out your last year to finish. I'm sorry, there is no good news. There is no good news. <laughs> so short. It's because I think if it's this much bad news, people don't want to hear a lot of it. They need to have it in brief little snippets. 
So thanks again for tuning in, www.fit.institute, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. This has been Season 1, and as you know, in upcoming Season 2, we're going to be talking about bankruptcy and default strategies. Season 1 is just talking about the risks of student loans to hopefully avert some people from getting into the bad situation that their peers have found themselves in. Talk to you soon. Bye.